0: Wednesday. Welcome back. Last week, I had a really, really wonderful Wednesday. Um, We actually went to a local park and we ordered food from Laney and Lou, which is a local delicious restaurant out in Exeter, New Hampshire. You may remember that Jennifer DeRosiers was on my podcast way, 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 way back when we first started. It was so great to see everybody in person like someone that I saw I actually my head took it took me a second because I have only really ever seen her on screens for the entire past year I felt like I was like looking a celebrity in the face it was amazing um but it was really wonderful so we we got together in the park and we had Anna Hayes Harless who was talking to us about imposter syndrome and it was so incredible to hear some of the ways that imposters show Imposter syndrome shows up for us in our work lives, in our personal lives, and the way that it really sabotages us from taking steps. It's crazy. So along those lines, um, I want to share a story about a client that I'm working with who is an author and she is having me help her get on to some podcasts. So when she first asked me to do this, I was thinking to myself like, oh my gosh, I have no idea where to even begin with this at all. Like who am I to, to send information out to a podcaster and ask for them to be on the show? But I am actually a podcaster and I get pitches Quite frequently usually I look at them I'm like okay you clearly have never listened to an episode of my show and have no idea what I'm even talking about sometimes I'll have them on Um, so I send out a couple of pitches and my formula well first I actually started by listening to today's guest's podcast and got some really valuable pointers and then I started kind of working on what I was doing now I'm going to say in full disclosure, I would have loved to hire today's guest to help me with this process, but I was in a time pinch and I didn't even really know what I needed until I figured out quickly what I needed. So I sent out a couple of pitches and, um, you know, most of them fell on deaf ears. Some came back and she got on the shows. It was fantastic. And then I've also been doing a little more of that in other areas, not for my clients, but for myself. So... I first of all want to say that the imposter syndrome that met us there today in the park and all of us were sharing so openly about is so a part of this journey too. It is a part of you looking at yourself and your skills and the value that you bring and really seeing yourself as an expert in those areas and having the awareness of what your message is and remember that it's so much about helping other people so like you putting yourself out there and sharing your story and your message is about you helping and serving others through what you're doing and if you're doing what you're passionate about and your passion is to help other people then you're kind of doing them like no favors when you don't do those things We get into that in today's podcast, and I think you're going to walk away with a lot of other great tips when it comes to sharing your story on podcasts, pitching yourself to podcasts, and showing that you're an expert in a certain area. And then, of course, things that you want to do and things that you definitely don't want to do. So the way that I met today's podcast host was I took a long shot and I said, please, please, please be on my She belt This podcast. I don't know what else to say because I don't know how to pitch podcaster, podcasters pretty pleased with the cherry on top. Essentially, it may have been a little more eloquent than that, but barely. And thank goodness she said yes because I think today is going to really help out a lot of people. Andy Trueblood is a podcast visibility expert and she is also the host of her own show, Go Pitch Yourself. She knows that the perfect pitch is the one that leads with value and focuses on building a genuine connection. Whether she's teaching entrepreneurs how to pitch themselves or working behind the scenes to secure opportunities for others, she leverages her super connector powers to grow businesses and build those long-lasting relationships. When Angie's not working with her clients or being active in her local community, she loves exploring Richmond, Virginia, where she lives, and there are many parks and playgrounds with her two kiddos. She also loves checking out new restaurants with her husband and laughing about motherhood over cocktails with friends we had a really fun and lively conversation and without further ado as i always say i bring you angie trueblood hi angie and welcome to the she built this podcast
1: thank you emily i'm excited to be on
0: yeah we are thrilled to have you um to start why don't you tell uh, tell our listeners what your podcast is
1: yeah so my show is the go pitch yourself podcast and it's really all about visibility and putting yourself out there as a business owner for visibility opportunities.
0: I love it. So I'm going to give you some background. Um, I posted in the She Built This group because I am working for a client who is trying to get on podcasts right now, and I said, "You know, I know what I like when people are giving me a pitch in a pod to be on my podcast." But I want to know what other people have tried or not tried. And I got, you know, a ton of responses, mostly on people asking these same questions. So I said, okay, we need to have somebody that can help us answer some (laughs) of these questions. And then Erin connected me to you. So, yeah, yeah. Um, So with that all being said, why do you think that anyone should care about being on And pitching to be on podcasts? Like, what do they do for us?
1: Well, so right now, when we are recording this in the summer of 2020, it is probably even more of an important networking and connection opportunity than it ever has been before. So, the reason I've always loved podcasts is because it's sort of like an introduction to someone new. And I'm a big proponent of building your business based on connections and growing a really authentic, genuine network and connections with folks. And so podcasts are a great way to do that because you're connecting with another human, having a real-life conversation, and a lot of times interviews themselves will often lead to other types of collaboration. But from a straight marketing perspective, it is a great way to get in front of audiences that are full of your ideal client in a way that they can really get to know who you are and almost make a decision at that point about whether or not you're someone they might one day be interested in working with. Because you get a lot more kind of information on who people are when you hear them talk and you hear them have a conversation. It's that no like, and trust factor that it's just such a deeper... Level of getting to know someone when you're on a podcast versus reading something, you know, on paper or on your computer.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I know, and I'm sure this has happened to you too. I've had a lot of podcasts turn into other collaborations. And I've also heard a lot of podcasts, like guests interviewed on podcasts. And I'm like, oh, I need to get to know that person or reach out to that person. So I think you're 100% spot on.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of mind blowing when you think about it. And not every interview is a home run like that, but there are enough of them to where overall, it's totally worth the time and the effort to put into it.
0: All right, so I know on your website, you talk about an excellent conversion through a podcast. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean?
1: Well, it can mean a lot of different things. That's such a great question. I mean, it can ultimately be the collaboration that might actually evolve between you and the host, right? But if we're talking specifically about you converting members of the listening audience, it could be they might join your email list, right? So we always coach our clients to have an opt-in that they share at the end of an episode to where if people want to get to know them better, they direct them where they can do that. So it definitely could be joining your email list. And I've been really nerdy about it on my end to where I segment out in kit. And so I can see the numbers of folks that join my list from podcast interviews, versus ads when I run them versus more organic just sort of somehow landing on my site. So it's really interesting to see you know, the differences there. And a significant part of my list has been built based on me being on other people's shows. So that's one conversion. We've definitely had, and I've seen this too, I'm kind of a numbers nerd, but You can also increase your own downloads. So the beautiful part when we work with clients who also host their own show is it's a really easy ask at the end of an interview and you can weave it through the interview to have people just pop on over to your podcast and give it a listen. It's very little activation energy required since folks are already hearing you on a podcast and they can just go to your show and start listening. So there's podcast growth. Um, there's actual client acquisition. I mean, we generate leads for sure, but I've definitely had specific clients come to us and sign up and pay uh, based on them hearing me on an interview. So it varies and it's very dependent on what your end goal is. Some are a bit more concrete that you can measure. Others are people who are looking just to grow their authority in the space. We definitely have a client right now. And that was one of her driving factors in coming to us is just so that when new people find her and her website, they see that she is a leader in the space.
0: So I'm curious, um, a little bit of a side tangent here, how you you discovered that this was your niche and the people that you wanted to work with and, and how many people you have on your team also.
1: Sure. So... event i initially pivoted so when i transitioned home from corporate i was in sales for about 10 years and when my kids were two and four I decided, I just felt really called to be home with them. And we weren't at a point where I could just throw in the towel on my significant income. (laughs) I had to have some sort of money that I was contributing back to the family. So I transitioned home with a direct sales company, which eventually evolved into me creating a business around, strangely enough, meal planning for mothers. And Throughout that business, I really loved pitching myself for visibility opportunities and I had some really good success with it. And as I was doing that, I would have business colleagues say, "Well, how did you get on the local news, Angie?" And my answer was always, "Well, I just asked. Like I emailed the anchor and, you know, gave them a really compelling topic that I knew was aligned with their audience and they said yes." And so back in 2017, I just started to lean into what I recognized was a gift of mine that most people actually hate doing and started, first of all, pitching for a variety of kind of PR. So podcast has always been the backbone of the business, but I was pitching clients solo at that point, and it was pitching them for speaking opportunities or media outlets. I mean, you name it, I was pitching. And I eventually niched into podcasts because I saw, first, it better aligned with me and my personality, like the human connection that sometimes is so lost in the online space. I just loved being able to basically force two people to have a human conversation. Um, And I saw the impact that it could have. And then the other piece of it was a bit strategic in that I knew I could build a network, like I was making connections and relationships with hosts, and I knew that if I could continue to do that in that one specific niche, then it would be easier and easier for us to land our clients on those shows. And there was no way I was going to create all of these relationships and all of these different types of media.
0: Yeah, that's a really – so I'm curious, do you have like a database of – podcasts. I do. That you you keep for your clients. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like you, I'm interested (laughs) in like the numbers and like, you know, I'm sure you have some magical spreadsheet that's like, who's gone on what shows and what kind of person takes what kind of pitch. And yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. We were constantly updating it and tweaking it. And I think we're at a point, I have it in ClickUp right now, but I am thinking, I think it might be more nimble if we put it into Airtable, but we use ClickUp for our project management and it's a really seamless fit right now. And so I don't really want to rock the boat, but it's a very large database and we have tags, you know, in the types of shows. So if we have a new client come on and they're really big, like we need to connect them in the online marketing space. I can just filter it for that. And then we also have a tag for Accepted Because when we have new clients, I really want to wow them in the beginning. So we will always go through the shows that we have relationships with first and see if we can get some quick wins for them.
0: So now I, selfishly, (laughs) as a podcaster, I Mm -hmm. want to know what kinds of things – and you know what? People ask me all the time about podcasting. So what kinds of things can a podcaster put on their site that helps to indicate to someone like you what kind of guests they want and then making the process just really, really easy for you?
1: Oh, I love that you asked this question. <laughs> um, so first of all, if they don't accept guests, they can say that. That's always really helpful um, because I know – and I get pitches too, right? So I know that a lot of the pitches that hosts receive are super subpar. <laughs> and it's clear that the whoever sent it didn't really spend a lot of time getting to know you. But we do spend a good amount of time on our pitches. And there's nothing I hate worse than sending a pitch and then getting a response, like an automated response back, you know, that we don't accept guests. And that's fine. That's par for the course. But I think if it's a hard no that you just don't, not that you, you don't, if you don't do interviews, you don't need to put that on your show because anyone worth their weight is going to look and notice. Oh, wait, Emily's never interviewed anyone, so I'm not actually going to pitch her. Um, but I think it's if you have a process that you want to follow, it's great to have that on your website. It's also a great way as a host to weed out the people that aren't even looking to follow your process and aren't digging in deeply enough to. Recognize that you might have a workflow that you want to follow. So I think anything that you can put about the process is helpful. If I've seen like very specific blurbs of we are looking for this type of business owner, as an example, who can speak to these three or four topics. Um, we've had an abundance of this type of topic and instead would love to have someone that can talk on this. So it really just depends, you know, how specific you want to get. But I, I do think having something on your site is really helpful for folks that are doing their due diligence in sending thoughtful pitches.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, you've given me my homework for sure. <laughs> um, and and my my duty to spread the word on that because, I, you know, I think we... We all make that mistake. And then when the wrong person comes along, you're kind of like in this awkward position where you have to turn them down, but you didn't really say what you wanted in the first place. Yeah,
1: but I'll like just to take that pressure off of your back. And this is coming from someone who is a host, but also pitches. The onus is really on the person who is pitching you, right? So, we do enough research of the shows to understand the types of people you've had on before and to come up with a topic that is really relevant to your audience and to how you show up on your podcast. And so, if people are sending you off the wall pitches, which I've gotten them too it's not my fault that they didn't, I mean, the title of my show is Go Pitch Yourself. So it's pretty clear that I'm in the visibility or, you know, something related to that space. And then if I get someone, you know, saying I'd love to come on and talk about Instagram ads, which I've had, I'm like, that legit doesn't ever, like there's just, to me, that's just such like a out of the left field topic. So just, it's not up to you to be you know just to be honest with you it's not up to you to necessarily have to spell it out because we should be doing the work of doing that
0: yeah that's a good point um okay what kinds of podcasts should we be pitching yes Let, i mean maybe we maybe we use an industry as an example
1: yeah so well and i can give a more high level view that would appeal to most of your listeners the biggest mistake that I see people making on the strategy side of pitching for interviews is that they find shows that are in the same field as them. So for instance, if I were pitching myself, which I do, I'm not pitching to shows that are talking about visibility because that's more of a competitive um, interaction and I'm all about collaboration over competition. I've definitely had folks to pitch for their clients on my show, but the likelihood of getting business, if you're totally like, if you offer the exact same thing that that host offers, it's just not likely going to be a good fit because that audience is already on board with that person as their leader. So where we see the biggest sort of bang for both your time investment and if you're putting any money into it is pitching to be on shows that are very complementary to the service or the course or the niche that you are in. So think about the people that you serve. Think about at what point are they in their life or in their business where they might be interested in paying you for something. And then think, well, at that same point, who else might they be interested in paying for something else? So for me, a lot of podcasters – know the benefit of guesting on other shows. And so I like to be a guest on shows that speak to podcasters about how to grow and create their show, right? So it's complimentary because I don't teach my people how to create and grow a podcast, but the service that I offer is very complimentary to doing that.
0: Um. All right, so let's talk about the perfect pitch. What mistakes do you see people making besides not doing their research?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely it's kind of sending out a standard pitch to anyone whose email address that you can grab. So that's the first one. And that's kind of that more robotic pitch that we often see. Another thing that I've seen that's pretty common is people will send out an email that has five different topics for the show, but it's really like five things that they can talk about, right? So more generalized topics, For me as a host and also for the work that we're in, again, it's up to us as the people pitching to do the legwork for the host. So really, you need to hone in enough on that show and who they serve and who they tend to have on to figure out what would be one great topic and not throw that back on the host inadvertently, of course. No one's doing it on purpose, but when you send five topics, you're basically asking that host to evaluate each of them and decide which one they think might be the best fit. So it's really not being very specific with what they're asking. I've seen instances where folks will be like, I can talk anything related to digital marketing. And I mean, that's a really big (laughs) conversation. Um, So it really is a lack of specificity that we see often.
0: Yeah. Do you find that when someone is looking to be on podcasts, it's helpful to have good tools like a good microphone and a good setup? Or does that not – do you not recommend that to your clients? Is it not that important?
1: I think it's really important. I don't think you need it in the beginning because – I mean, we've had clients before that have started with us and these are folks – They already had a great setup, so that wasn't an issue, but they were with us only for three months because they recognized they actually didn't have the calendar space to consistently be interviewed. And so it just wasn't a good fit for them long-term. So I don't want anyone making huge investments of equipment if they're not sure that this is something that's going to be an ongoing part of their business. There's enough things that you can get and enough sort of workarounds that you can do in your home environment or wherever you work to have solid sound quality without investing in a lot. I mean, the mic that I have for my show, I think it's under a hundred dollars. You know, I don't have anything super fancy and I feel like it does the trick. So
0: yeah, same. I say
1: yeah, don't buy anything first if you have a good pair of earbuds and a room that is well- I don't know if the word is insulated, but I think you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like you want to have a lot of fabrics and and not a lot of echoes. It's so the reason I asked that question is I found this very interesting the other day. Um, The client and, you know, we did get her on this podcast and the podcast host had her purchase a mic, like a quality microphone and a couple things. And I didn't hate it. I really didn't hate it. But I was like, I would never do that to my guests. Um, But now I'm happy for her that she has this when she's on all these other podcasts. Yes. It was just an interesting thing. (laughs) I would never ask someone to do, but I could see the benefit in it. So I wanted to know your thoughts.
1: So my thoughts are that, (laughs) candidly. I actually do hate it because, (laughs) and we've seen this too, you know, by pitching as many people as we have, there's people that want real specifics on what the audio setup is. And we have a client who's recorded three audio books and gotten them on Audible, which is a pretty solid audio setup required. And just, there was a lot of back and forth about the audio setup. And I mean, I think sound quality is super important. I've definitely tuned into shows and the quality is so awful that I just can't handle listening. But I don't love the idea of like forcing someone to buy equipment. There's someone, and I I wouldn't say the name even if I did remember it, but that they mail a microphone, which I think is-
0: that might be Sam Harris. I I mean, I don't know if you know him, yeah, he does that for all of his guests, which yeah. I think is cool. I mean, yeah. he can afford to do that, but.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not yeah. recommending like a new podcaster send out microphones to everyone, but I don't know. There's just something, I think there's workarounds to have really great quality without having to buy something from the get-go.
0: Okay, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so what do you think is the number one like take home, hit a home run kind of tip?
1: I mean, it really goes back to the personalization, but it it's more about when you're sending an email, let's assume it's an email pitch that you're sending, just making sure that you are in the mindset of leading with value. And I hate that phrase, but it really is making sure that you're communicating what you are offering up for their audience, right? Definitely, you're going to give some background on who you are and who you serve, and that's great qualifiers but you don't need three paragraphs on who you are you need to pick a topic that is so spot on for serving that host audience that it's a no-brainer that they want to have you on so as long as you're doing that and and being really intentional about i can talk about this i think it's going to help your audience because i've i sense that they are going through this and then share what your topic is and then you and we we spell it out very clearly. Likely from this episode, your listeners will walk away more confident or knowing how to. Like being very specific and focused on the listener in the pitch is huge.
0: Yeah. So this, folks, is what I am always <laughs> trying to drill into our heads. We have to worry about our audience yes. more than we do ourselves. Yes. Um And I, I – say that with my clients. I'm like, I know you want to say that, but you can't say that. You have to make it about the person. Yes, yes. Um, I love that. So tell us more about like how specifically your services would help someone because it's really overwhelming. You know, it's almost like blasting your resume out to all these job applications, right? And you're like, I don't know if this is even going to work. I know. Um, so how does hiring someone like you kind of help take the mystery and the overwhelm away from this?
1: Yeah, so we have a very strategic approach to how we work with our people. I mean, my main goal is first to figure out what our clients are looking to grow in their business and making sure that we're pitching them to shows that will help accomplish those goals. And so that's getting very clear on who they serve. And we're far more about the quality of the podcast. And I don't mean the size of it, but really how engaged it is and how aligned it is with the type of people that they serve and making sure that it's a good fit. So from that sense, I also love the way that we work because it does tend to be a pretty solid ROI on hiring someone like us because we're really specific about who we pitch you to. We're not just blasting you out to anyone we know. We're making sure that the likelihood for conversion is pretty high. So people come to us, they hire us, we do the upfront strategy work, create the one sheet for pitching, which we just started doing that this year um, and really kind of prepping the pitch list and pulling information out from our clients. And then on the one-to-one side of our service, we handle everything. I mean, we curate a pitch list, we send the pitches, we follow up, we coordinate the scheduling, all of it. So it's nice because our clients only need to focus on having like a rock star interview and really connecting with the host. They don't need to worry with all the other stuff. Um, that's the bulk of what my business is made up of. And then we do have a couple of intensive options and we have a new offering that I just created for someone that we're testing out where we're actually coming in and helping train her team to have it as an internal operation inside of her business, not something that she needs to outsource you know, for infinity, but that's something that they can really handle internally.
0: That's a great new opportunity. (laughs) Um, So how many people are on your team?
1: So it's interesting. I have a, I have a social media manager. I have a podcast editor, but then the folks that are involved in the client work, I have my executive assistant who I would literally be lost without her. She handles all of our scheduling. And she's such she's so good at the things I hate doing and I'm also quite horrible at. And
0: She's <laughs> also very funny. Courtney? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> oh, I have to go back and look. Yeah, I love her. We've known each other, um, geez, since I met my husband. She went to college with my husband. And when I was looking for that, I somehow knew she was kind of looking to pick up a job, nothing online because she didn't have experience in it. But I was like, I think you would be really good at this. And so I've loved working with her. And then we have two outreach executives who are kind of the point person for our clients. So um, I onboard our clients, develop the strategy, and then I don't hand it off completely because I've always got my eyes on the shows, you know, the pitches that are going out. And I also have relationships that I connect clients to, but the outreach executives are doing a lot of the pitching. So I'm not sure how many that is. It's not a big team. It's totally manageable without me feeling like... It's too much, you know?
0: Um, Okay. So I'm now curious what some of your favorite podcasts are.
1: Uh, Well, lately I've been listening to a ton of homeschool podcasts because I feel like that's the space many of us are in. But from a business perspective, I love Promote Yourself to CEO with um, Rachel Cook. She was my coach for the last year and she's amazing and very well grounded Um, I'm obsessed from, are you talking just business or like any shows?
0: Yeah, anything.
1: Okay. I love Pantsuit Politics. It's just a different spin on politics and I feel like it's very well balanced and it kind of has gotten me through um, 2020. And let me think, I can pull them up. I have to, I have so many.
0: I want to listen to that. That sounds great. I, I try to keep like, you know, a little bit of that stuff in my feed so yeah
1: well and i feel like it's also very intellectually done like they give you some of the context for current events that i don't know much about and i don't have the time to dig into it i've been listening to them since i guess 2016 i've met them in person and i actually they're the only podcast that i've ever joined a patreon community because i feel like what they give to me is worth money in terms of sanity and just um you know, kind of having an insight into what's going on.
0: Okay, who would you who is like your dream <laughs> podcaster if either you could get on their show or you could have a client get on their show?
1: Oh man. I mean, so I love Pat Flynn. I just think he seems like such a great guy and he's super sharp. So, I mean, I would love to be interviewed by him or to have him on my show, I think that would have to be like my dream if we're talking really in the business space.
0: Okay, let's put it out there. Yes,
1: Pat. I do have a picture of him and I from Podcast Movement on my Instagram Are you listening, feed. Pat? <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Um, sorry, what? which conference was it?
1: It was Podcast Movement in 2019. He had his super fans book signing and then you could get a picture at the end. Nice. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, Why don't you tell everyone how we can find you and get connected with you and then also tell us about this opt-in, which I know you're going to share.
1: Yes. Well, obviously, you can listen to my show. Go pitch yourself. So that's an easy hop over. Um, The offering that I am I have for your listeners, it is my roadmap to podcast pitching success. So it covers several of the topics that we went over, but in a bit of a more step-by-step process. And it's really the six-step framework that we follow with our one-to-one clients and that I teach inside of our group program. So you can grab that. And it does include five of the most common mistakes that we see. And that's going to be at AngieTrueBlood.com slash SBT for She Built This. And I am pretty active on Instagram, so folks can connect with me there. And then if they're thinking like, okay, I might want to get some sort of support in my podcast pitching, my website, you can go and kind of see a little more detail on what we offer at angietrubla.com services. And actually, you can schedule an appointment directly there if they're interested.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Your website is super informative. Um, and I, I really, really appreciate that. (laughs) So is there anything that I did not ask you that you are just like dying to share with us?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I think you covered it. The one thing I would say to your listeners who are thinking, I really want to do this, but I'm nervous. What if I'm not an expert enough? That's sort of some of the hesitation that I hear from people is just really think about what you have to offer the people that you serve. And by not putting yourself out there, by not reaching out and pitching yourself, you're really doing a disservice to the folks that you serve because they need you and they need your services and expertise. So I, I always, because pitching, right, not everyone loves to pitch themselves when you talk about it like that, but just think about it as serving the people that need you and need your knowledge. So if you flip the switch on that hopefully that will open folks up a little bit more to stepping out of their comfort zone in terms of um, reaching out
0: see again people this is what I've been telling you <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but I do I say the same exact thing yeah. you have to put yourself out there to serve other people yeah. and by not doing that you are doing them a disservice
1: totally and in the podcasting space to be frank a no or someone not getting back to you, it's far less about you and more about their content plan for the show or what they already have lined up. So it's especially in that space, a no is nothing to take personal. Um, You just got to keep plugging right along.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks so much for joining us and sharing a lot of really helpful, tangible tips that we can like put into action right away.
1: Yeah, this was great. Thank you for having me, Emily.
0: Thank you. And thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to the She Built This Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy other episodes, please, please, with a cherry on top, write me a review on Apple Podcasts and help me get those magical stars that I can look at whenever I'm feeling a little bit sad. Actually, in all honesty, writing a review helps a podcaster to get even more show uh, more great guests like Angie and other guests who Angie helps to connect with podcasters onto their show. So that is the purpose of it. You're helping me help you by writing a review. Ooh, and that rhymed. The last thing I want to say before I go is if you heard any weird noises during this podcast, I'm pretty sure my husband was outside like operating some heavy machinery, which I'm sure was a chainsaw because he's building a woodshed because he has no less than like 20 billion cords of wood in our yard right now and he needs some place to put them so he's taking it upon himself to build a woodshed which I'm super proud of him for but I think he was chainsawing so that's what the noise was and yes you most definitely needed to know all of that with that have a great day To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.